when women uh, always say is that giving birth is is the most painful thing. I think cancer pain uh, on par, uh, seriously. You see, giving birth will finish, you know. But cancer, it just keeps coming. It goes away, it comes. It goes away, it comes. And and now I truly understand when I saw like movies or when I hear people mention the cancer pain, they just bang their head on the wall and they feel like jumping down. They need to create another bigger pain to cover that pain. So it's it's if I were to describe the pain, wow, it's there's nothing you can do because it's inside. Yeah, yeah. It's indescribable. It's it's hell. It's nightmare. It's, it's you just wanna die. Welcome to Screwed Up Moments, the podcast where it's okay to fail and it's okay to try again. I'm your host, Danny. You will forever be the kids whose mother died of cancer. As your mother, I wish I could protect you from that pain. But also as your mother, I want you to feel the pain, to live it, embrace it, and then learn from it. This is my challenge to you, my sweet girls, to take an ugly tragedy and transform it into a source of beauty, love, strength, courage, and wisdom. Written by Julie Yip Williams in a blog post dated the 14th of July 2017 to her daughters Mia and Isabel. When I think about what constitutes a screwed up moment, it's hard not to think about the life of the aforementioned Julie, someone who was born blind, who had to move abroad at the age of three to flee the Vietnam War, who, against all odds, graduated from Harvard Law School, started a successful career, got married, gave birth to two beautiful daughters, and then in 2013 was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. Julie would pass away five years later on the 19th of March 2018 at the age of 42. During those five years, she documented her experience with cancer in a blog, noting all the minute details of her treatments, all the pain and suffering that she endured, as well as all the frustrations and anger that came with it. It makes for truly visceral reading, something that is equal parts heartbreaking and demoralizing. And yet, when I think about Julie, and especially the last sentence of that quote, to take an ugly tragedy and transform it into a source of beauty, I start to see the point of it all. The good that comes from the bad, the beauty that comes from the ugly, and the strength that comes from the weak. And as I think about what Happiness Initiative are doing with their Screwed Up Moment series, and what we are trying to do with this podcast, that quote rings loud and clear. Throughout this season, you will be listening to tales of tragedy, pain, suffering, and misfortune. But I hope that as you listen to these guests tell their stories, you can embrace their pain, empathize with their suffering, and finally, like Julie's challenge, take something ugly and transform it into something beautiful.
beginning with our first guest, Danny Raven Tan, someone who has survived cancer only to face something worse. Hello, my name is Danny Raventan. This is my screwed up moment. Okay, since young, I, I love arts. So I decided to pursue uh, this as a career. Uh, I wanted to do like advertising, graphic design. But daddy said, no, you must go to uh, college. You must uh, go NUS. You know, the usual path for Singaporeans. So no choice, because ah, he's paying the school fees. Ma. So I took building estate management, which is just next to architecture. So I thought, oh, maybe I can design from there. It's four years. It's an honor degree course. Uh, of course, when I after when I got into that faculty, I just realized it's, it's totally not what I've signed up for. So in a nutshell, it's property development. So what I do is I buy land, I build them, and I sell it. Sounds very boring, right? So the only exciting part of this work is building the show flat. Because show flat, you can like buy beautiful things. Uh, so that's the part I enjoy. What got me into art? I don't know. I think we are just born like that. Just, just love to paint. Just love to draw. Very visual. I'm a very visual person. We are created to create. We are created by God, you know, if you believe, um, to create. So maybe for me, I, I'm born to create art stuff. So maybe for you, you, you create accounts, balance sheets, and some people create films, you know. Uh, some may create nice cuisine because they love to cook. So yeah, we, we are good at something. Well, follow the the usual path. So I went into like property development, same as the rest of my schoolmate. But after three months, I quit. You know, when you were young, you 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 want to try out all kinds of stuff. So I thought I like fashion. So I actually went into fashion uh, as a merchandiser. My starting pay was like thousand four. It was ridiculously low. So struggle for about a year. Cannot lah. Because all my friends are going up the corporate ladder. So I, I guess there's this struggle like, wow, everybody is go going up. I'm like just stuck there. Yes, I'm happy, but cannot. So go back to property development. I had to pay shoot up. So happy for, I think, I'm not happy. La. You know, materialistically, I was happy. Uh, but spiritually, I was miserable. Every day I wake up... Uh, should I go to work? Should I take MC? That's a terrible thing. So when that moment comes, uh, that's not a way to go. Uh, it's time to leave. So I was trying to get out of property development. And I realized that um, I actually like uh, marketing a lot. So I went to, um, where did I go? Singapore Tourism Board. I mean, I had so much fun there. Because uh, whenever there's a new tourism product brought in by STB, we get to go and try out. So it's like, wouldn't you want a job like that? So after that, after marketing Singapore, I decided to market 
hotels. So I went to Banyan Tree. Uh, so I started to market the spa and, uh, you know, the hotels. And then after three, four years, I saw this ad in the newspaper. Um, LaSalle College of the Arts is looking for a marketing person. So um, I actually went for an interview. But after that, I... I I I went home and I start thinking. Hey, this is not my career path. It's very, you know, from corporate, very nice Singapore resort, not very glamorous to me. Yeah. So my friends say, hey, you you should try out this position. So the first day when I went uh, start work in LaSalle, I fell in love with the college, head over heels, the people, the the different different art forms that I get to be associated with the. The, all the artists, the students, the lecturers, every day there's something new that I am able to explore, to understand. And uh, that was my longest career for six years. So I get to meet people from like China, Myanmar. I have students from as far as like Russia coming down and he plays the guitar so well. Oh, you can visit this, you have a multiracial, you have cultural interaction, you have food, you know, you have thousands. And one day she comes in, she said, wow, the weather is very good today. Shall we have a meeting at the beach? You know, things like this. So it's, it's, it's not office office kind of, yeah. And the politics is almost zero. Uh, I guess artists are more interested in their craft rather than than, uh, you know backstabbing kind of shit (laughs) you can say shit right so everything kind of fit in so I start to think hey actually it makes sense why am I doing this today So that shit happens. <laughs> In 2010, Danny would start to experience severe stomach aches during a trip to Hong Kong, but he excused the pain as just a bad case of indigestion until his friend eventually convinced him to get it checked out. So I was traveling with another colleague to, I remember it was, I think, Hong Kong. Wow, oh, it was so painful, cold sweat. I almost fainted. So I thought it was gastric. So he said, gastric, how can be like that? Then uh, he asked me to go and do a check. Endoscope. Endoscopy, right? You call that, yeah. So I went to check. Uh, At first, they found nothing. So I thought, I'm just gastric. And the pain came back. And it got worse this time. And my friend said, maybe you should ask for a second opinion. Which I went to uh, Mount Yi, uh, Dr. Cheng Jun, I still remember. Um, so this time, yay, he found something. <laughs> so, Zhong Tou Jiang. But uh, he didn't tell me uh, that it was uh, cancer. Because uh, my um, my godbrother kind of told him that don't reveal it to me because I'll probably like go and jump down or kill myself kind of thing. So 
this Dr. Changjun said, oh, uh, we found a piece of meat in your stomach. Uh, we need to get it out. So I was thinking, huh, a piece of meat? Oh, that meat must be damn solid, lor. cannot dissolve, lor. cannot be digested. <laughs> and I said, okay, lor. cut. Lor. <laughs> so, so he drew me on a piece of paper how the cut is going to be like. So it's like an L shape. So on a piece of notepad, it looks very small, right? So I thought, oh, okay, lah. cut. Lah. And he said, oh, there'll be tubes on, on, on you when you wake up, so don't be shocked. So you draw like seven lines. Lah. So I thought, oh, okay, lah. You know, big deal. And uh, so I woke up. Wow, I got seven tubes in my body. Two at the stomach, two, two at the neck, and I don't know, somewhere else like, I cannot remember. So I look, I saw the, 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 the scar. You know, see? <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the one. So it's huge, right? It's almost like cesarean, no? but the other way. <laughs> you know, when women uh, always say that giving birth is is the most painful thing, I think cancer pain, uh, on par, uh, seriously. You see, giving birth will finish, you know. But cancer, it just keeps coming. It goes away, it comes. It goes away, it comes. And and now I truly understand when I saw like movies or when I hear people mention the cancer pain, they just bang their head on the wall and they feel like jumping down. They need to create another bigger pain to cover that pain. So it's it's if I were to describe the pain, wow, it's there's nothing you can do because it's inside. Yeah, yeah. It's indescribable. It's, it's hell. It's nightmare. It's, it's you just want to die. worst part is not the operation it's actually the chemo period because I went through three kinds of chemo uh, intravenous can you imagine diarrhea like three four times a night after that I had oral then uh, can't really walk because all your white blood cell is destroyed and I went for like radio radio chemo everything I eat is metallic and um, always want to vomit like pregnant <laughs> <laughs> so I know how mummy feels, how women all over the world feels. Uh, so I want to vomit, tired, always want to sleep. Um, when you sleep, you, you don't feel like waking up because it takes so much energy to, to get out of bed. And I know depression is just around the corner waiting to say hello. Make it worse is Christmas period. You know, everybody, uh, wow, Christmas tree, jingle bell, was just lying there. So, uh, we actually have a live Christmas tree at my godmom's place. 
so every day I just look at the blinking lights. Sun comes up, sun goes down, bling bling bling, just lie there, keep looking at it. Go to the toilet, come back, lie, look at it. So till this day, uh, Christmas don't really mean much to me still. Uh, during the first two years when when um, we just share with you this. So the second year, we buy the tree because we always buy live Christmas tree. So put it at the same place. And I was hanging the ornaments, the the the, the pretty ornaments. So hanging halfway, oh, I just broke down. I just cannot carry on. So I said, throw away the tree. I don't want to see the tree ever again. We threw away the tree. So the third year, I think my uh, godbrother was quite smart. He said, okay, let's not buy the same size. Let's not put the same where it was. Buy a smaller one, but put somewhere else. Ah, that kind of work. Yeah. Also, what goes through my head, right? Of course, you start with, oh, why me, why me? You blame, you blame this, you blame that, you blame God, you blame anything you can blame. But after a while, you know, while talking to friends, uh, going to church, from why me, it became try me. Yeah. Having undergone a successful surgery and a lengthy and painful period of chemotherapy, Danny was finally cured and would remain cancer-free to this day. He credits his survival to the unwavering support of his friends and family, as well as to his own vanity, where he remarked that, as a visual person, he could not bear to look the way he did while he was undergoing treatment, full of tubes, deftly thin, and with eyes that were hollow and lifeless. Since his recovery, he has rekindled his passion in art by first returning to his previous job at LaSalle, and then now as a full-time artist with his own studio and gallery. However, despite surviving cancer, Danny was to face something much worse. In 2015, his father passed away from respiratory failure, and then shortly after, his mother's health began to deteriorate. It started when I suspect she had dementia four years ago. But uh, because I got absolutely no knowledge what dementia is all about, uh, so I thought she was possessed by demons. <laughs> No, literally, I mean, she start hallucinating. Uh, she tells me things like, um, "Hey, my 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 father is coming, so please clean the floor." So I was like, "What do you mean, your father is coming? You're already eighty plus. If your father is coming, your father is what, hundred and sixty years old?" Uh? So we fight, and then she says she saw like little girl in, in my room and all that, and she's like, very suspicious of. Of, of things that's happening around. That's when I kind of suspected she had dementia. How the brain of a person with dementia works is because um, their neural cells is deteriorating. So the connector between each neural cell is dropping off. So the, the transmission of one signal is weak. So when they hear, say, you talking, the, the, the transmission slowed down. So you started talking. So can you imagine, I haven't reached and processed, another sound comes in. So it kind of gets overlaps and messed up.
so they probably can't really hear unless it's very uh, clear and, and, and separated. So that's why when you speak to them, you must speak slowly. You know what I mean? If you speak very fast, one sound will lap over one another. It's like this whirlpool of noises. So can you imagine living every day in this kind of environment just based on sound only? So they have sight also have a problem because I told you mom hallucinated, right? Because the images cast onto the rectina. Okay, I'm a bit science here. So before it gets processed, another image goes in and it's just like that like, and like, you know, you can like become a monster because a lot of images start lapping yeah. she 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 will while I'm trying to do my work she'll keep asking me the same question over and over again she always thought she have eaten so I keep telling her you must eat you have to eat and she keeps saying I've eaten I've eaten I say who 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 brought you food? You know, she said, oh, she can describe the auntie. So, it's constantly struggle to fight with her every day. I actually wanted to kill my mom. I, I actually took a chopper from the kitchen. I went to the room. I said, I'm going to kill you now. Then I'm going to jump. I just want to jolt her up so that she's more alive. I just want some reaction from her. If you know what I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I can I describe it well. But, at, but of course, there is this part of me that I just want to end it all. Um, and for the beginning stage of, of mum's uh, dementia, I am so afraid to wake up and open my eyes in the morning. I just want to like, oh my god, another day is happening. What, what's next? Today is going to be hell, da da da. I just don't want to wake up. So can you imagine I go through that for like, I don't know, a year or, or something? Yeah. So I went to Alzheimer's Disease Association to attend some counselling because uh, I was quite depressed. Then uh, that's how I met uh, somebody approached, I think Moving Visual. He approached me, uh, he says uh, Channel News Asia wanted to do a uh, documentary on dementia. So he's, uh, this guy Galen, he says, uh, am I interested to be featured? so that we share uh, my story with mommy so that more people is aware so that they won't go through the same shit that I'm going through. Oh. I say, yeah, sure. So we will start filming. Da, da, da. So basically it's like a reality show. This camera, this crew, uh, not camera, they'll follow us, I think, almost three weeks. You know, uh, kitchen, sleeping, eating, going to daycare center, uh, driving her around to my studio, da-da-da, see all, uh, yeah. Um, so, 
the day when the program was air, I think it was posted on the edited version was posted on uh, Facebook, and um, it went viral. So there were about like four point six million views, which I was quite shocked. So I people start messaging me and they start sharing stories about what they have gone through with their mother, father, or grandfather. Some stories are even worse. So that's when I realized that a lot of people out there don't know what dementia is. And they, 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 uh, they have little clue of how to handle, how to, uh, how to take care of themselves, self-care, because they are in a totally horrible state. They are suicidal. So a lot of shit around me. So I realized that for them to, to understand what dementia is all about and what to do, how to prevent, maybe slow down, I wouldn't say prevent or cure, um, is to share. Public awareness is very, very important. Um, so I spoke to one of my ex-colleague, Daniel, um, from the cell, because his dad also has dementia. Um, so I said, why don't we do something like start this festival at that time it was still a very vague idea but we believe that arts and design can actually help uh, to slow down uh, the disease from progressing further yeah following the success of the short documentary he did with channel news asia danny ventured to continue spreading awareness of the disease by organizing a dementia-focused festival called the Enabling Festival in 2018 and again just recently in September 2019. The festival features film screenings, theater performances, panel discussions, workshops, and so much more. But more importantly, it helps to shine a spotlight on the ravaging effects of dementia as well as to recognize the often silent plight of caregivers like Danny. Actually, it's much better now because um, I think I've accepted. So my mindset has changed and somehow uh, I became very, very patient because you must keep telling yourself uh, they are not trying to give you a hard time because they are having a hard time. So um, it's, it's mummy eh. Okay, uh, based on the cancer and the dementia, the cancer, looking back, is nothing to me. I think the worst thing is you look at somebody that you love and um, you are very helpless and you cannot do anything. I think that that kind of pain is much worse than the cancer for me. I think... Nothing compares to what mommy has done for us when we are young. Cook for you, sick, you know, bring you to see doctor when you are, yeah, first one to wake up, last one to sleep. No day off. We all travel, oh, Sunday, go out, still clean the freaking house, cook for you, wash your freaking pants. Is she paid? No. Can you stop here for a while? Sure. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
โอเคได้ไหม let's go on <laughs> I I I random again I just want to share with you this um mom always wake up and make breakfast for me when I was working uh so sometimes I woke up and I look at the breakfast uh bread with uh, egg again don't want to eat when shower and come out eh missing so she packed nicely and put it next to the door before I leave the house so that I take eh don't want to take because don't want I don't like now don't more I want also don't have uh call uh, are you coming back for dinner ah don't want no not free ah going out now nobody call me anymore hmm I mean, she can't. Even, she struggle to form words. Not even to hear her calling my name. I have to prom, prom, prom. Mm. So the message for you guys: whatever your mom cooks, please eat, because you never know when is when she cannot cook anymore, lah. Yeah, that's my last word. And treat your mommy. Nice. I don't know why I keep talking about mommy. Daddy also very nice, lah. But I guess for mommy and child, the umbilical cord is never cut. I mean, it's cut, but it's still joined somehow, ah. Yes, no. Are you lao po lah? Yes, sing tong, tender. You you see somebody so strong and become so weak. We always thought mommy is like invincible. You know, we never thought that they will grow old. They will they will be weak. They will have dementia. <laughs> Just ah, she's always there. Uh, now I become the mommy. Yeah, I mean daddy or whatever lah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for making me cry. <laughs> and with that, brings the end to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and much thanks to Danny Raventan for sharing his incredible story. The Screwed Up Moments podcast is brought to you by the Singaporean Social Enterprise Happiness Initiative, an organization that advocates for happiness and well-being through their message that happiness is a choice. Production and editing was done by me, Danny Cordy, on behalf of Fable Productions, with assistance from Clarissa Wemple and executive producers Simon Liao and Sherman Ho. Music used throughout the episode was from Blue Dot Sessions, and the theme song was composed by Rico Lo. If you enjoyed listening to the Screwed Up Moments podcast, you can help out the show by sharing it amongst your friends, or by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Otherwise, if you have any questions, suggestions, feedback, or if you have your own Screwed Up Moment story to share, you can drop us a message through the email sumsgpodcast@gmail.com or through the various social media links in the description. Once again, this has been your host Danny for the Screwed Up Moments podcast, reminding you that it's okay to fail, and it's okay to try again. <laughs>